I only really work with people that, that really care about what's going to be produced and, and that it really says something about them, if that makes sense. And that's the thread that holds everything that I write together, really. It has to have that, that sort of magic that can only really come from the client. Hello, intelligent beings of this marvellous planet. Welcome to the 42 Courses podcast and thanks for listening. Nina Jervis is a freelance writer and author and a course creator. Nina wrote, I'd rather get a cat and save the planet conversations with child-free women. This book takes a warm and lighter-hearted look at what can be a very tricky topic to discuss. She used to be a corporate HR manager, but changed careers to become a freelance writer. And that is quite some story of how she managed that transition as we'll hear today. And now she has a very wide range of clients for her writing services. On top of all that, Nina has a course on how to blog called Blogging Basics, and the latest edition of that starts very soon. Nina is also a prolific 42 Courses student, so you'll get a very honest review of our courses and the student experience today. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to Nina Jervis. Hi, Nina. Hi. Hello. Thank you for inviting me on. I saw yesterday on LinkedIn that you've got a course coming out because you're a course creator, uh, Blogging Basics. So tell us, what is Blogging Basics about? It's it's taking, it basically shows you how to set up and write a blog from scratch. So I speak to lots of people who, when I tell them what I do, because blogging is part of what I do, mm-hmm. um, will say, I've always wanted to start a blog. I've got a really good idea for one. It's kind of superseding. I've got a good idea for a book these days, actually. People tell mm-hmm. me that they, they'd like to write a blog, I suppose, because it's maybe seen as a bit less formal, which, of course, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my course teaches people how to set up their own blog from scratch, how to keep finding ideas for it, um, how to keep people engaged um, and how to build confidence with their writing, because that's actually the sticking point for a lot of people. They've got the ideas. They've got no problem um, sort of even finding the time. But it's just the confidence to show their writing to other people. And especially in this sort of age of cancel culture and, and things like that and online comments, there's always yeah. a comment section under anything that you read online um, and people worry about um, what feedback they're going to get. So and it just how, and, and how is how is the course constructed? How uh, are the lessons delivered or what happens in the lessons? Uh, it's very so it's online so you can join from anywhere. It's all held on Zoom. Um, it's an hour and a half session. Um, and we run for six weeks and each session is divided up into two halves so the first 45 minutes is a a bit of a discussion about what people are choosing to write about any questions that they might have we talk about theory about structure how long should the post be um, what keywords to use things like that Um, and then the second half of the course is just you get your head down and you write and we all write together we all keep our cameras on uh, and there's something quite therapeutic about tapping away on your keyboard and sort of looking up and sort of seeing that everybody else is doing the same thing. It's quite nice. And so I encourage build, people, sorry. You build, sorry. you build up like a team spirit. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's quite a gentle, it's quite a gentle team spirit. So I only have eight people in each course mm. um, because if there's too many, then you, you just, I know what it's like to join courses where there's lots and lots of people and you're afraid to ask a question because you feel like your voice would just get drowned mm. um, or that people would think you're a bit silly for asking that particular question or that your comments would just get just lost in the sea of of voices so the reason that I have 
just eight people is so that we can get a discussion going. You remember everybody um, mm. and you can kind of follow other people's progress on the course as well. There's something quite lovely about that, that, yeah. that there's other people in, in it with you. And what kind of people have you had on the course in the previous times? Um, when the courses started, I, I ran them just for business people that wanted, like, like one-man bands, a bit like myself, that just wanted to express themselves and, and, and gain followers and attract people to what they do, because blogging's brilliant for that. Mm-hmm. But I found that people were asking if they could use it for personal reasons as well. So I've had one guy sign up for it who had been commissioned to write a series of articles for his local paper, mm-hmm. um, but couldn't really find the discipline. I think he was a bit worried about how to get things down and whether how people would respond. So he joined for that reason. Um, and other people have joined because they had problems that they wanted to write out. So one guy joined and and really you know just because he was struggling with his mental health and found that writing helped him and being part of the small group um he found quite therapeutic as well I'm not saying that that would work for everybody but it helped him and yeah it it can be quite a nice therapeutic technique I suppose okay and uh and why should people learn from you are you the Yoda of (laughs) blogging (laughs) oh well that's a question (laughs) Um, I'm not Yoda blogging, but I have been blogging for a really long time. So yeah. um, I started blogging um, back in oh mid noughties when before social media, um, and really just as a way. So I, I had a blog on MySpace, um, which wow. goes which sort of shows how far back it all went. Um, but it's just quite a unique way because I mean I've always loved writing. I've been so although, I mean, I used to work in HR and I changed career to become writer five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but bef- even before then, writing was my thing. I, I call writing my best friend because it's kind of, I've always written, like since I could hold a pen, I know it's a cliche, but um, blogging's almost like keeping a diary, but one that other people can read. And it's just, there's something quite, it, it just helps you, shape your thoughts and feelings and sometimes you write something and it connects with other people um and it's I think it's got magic powers personally blogging but um I I published a book of blog posts a couple of years ago as well um pure vanity project but that's where blogging can lead so you, you kind of amass content and if you're writing it for business you could turn it into a number of things so it could be a book um you can turn some of your thoughts from that you've written down in blogs into snappier social media posts um and it just helps you think more clearly but i think you're being a little bit humble and underselling yourself because you went from blogging it it inspired and powered your career change no um, yeah, I, it's only when I look back, actually, that I realised that So I was nothing against HR people, but I wasn't happy doing HR and it wasn't it didn't really suit me. And so I wrote I wrote my blog as a way of keeping myself sane in the background. I wasn't writing about working in HR unless something really annoyed me. Um, but I, I generally just wrote um, whatever happened to occur to me that day. It's pretty much anything other than work. And. Do you know, it's only when I sort of look back, I just think that a decade of writing blog posts sort of once or twice a week sort of helped me gear myself up for that career change because it, it kind of helped me 
shape how I was feeling. And also, you know, it made me realize that I could write for a living. Because although I wasn't being paid to do that blog, I had, you know, sort of built a small audience of of followers and people were responding to what I was writing about. Mm -hmm. And it it kind of that gives you a bit of confidence because you you kind of think to yourself, I can't be that bad. Like people are responding to to the things that I'm writing about. And they were just silly things like just train journeys or my thoughts on Christmas pudding, stuff like that. So drivel, really. But um, yeah, yeah some, some people responded to it and it was quite a nice feeling. But actually, I think there's, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who dream of writing a book. And I think blogging is probably a good way to start, isn't it? I think it's a great way of finding your voice and seeing what mm. people respond to. And um, yeah, kind of developing your style. I think it's great for that. Like, I've always wanted to be David Sedaris. And yeah. um, writing writing blog posts is, is a great way. It's a great entry point for like longer essay writing and and things like that. So I'm not there yet with my ambitions to be the next David Sedaris, but hopefully in a few years. <laughs> yeah. um, and you uh, you're now a freelance writer. Yes. So so what what do you get up to <laughs> with your with your clients? What kind of stuff do you write? Well, I, I kind of I kind of call myself a writer for hire because it's I, I'll do I will write anything. And I know that sounds um, well, very broad. And, and I suppose because it is I don't like to narrow down the things that I take on because it, that introduces me to some really, really good ideas. So I've done things like um, corporate poetry. So I had um, a company, a mortgage company, actually approached me and asked me to write a poem, um, an introductory poem for their website. Blimey, what, what rhymes with mortgage? Uh, <laughs> I didn't use the word I didn't I didn't use the word mortgage in the uh, in the in the essential bits where you have to you use loan word. instead. <laughs> no, it's more about advice and service, and that's that's a bit easier. Um, but I also do personal things like um, eulogies. Um, I know because I mean I I started writing actually, it was a combination of the bogging, but also my nan died. Uh, and nobody in my family wanted to do her eulogy. Mm. So I volunteered because she'd been quite um, she'd been quite a staunch presence in our lives. And she she'd kind of done quite a good job holding our family together through all kinds of ups and downs. And I didn't want her funeral to just be, um, you know, we, we, the only people speaking about her would be people that didn't really know her. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that was a bit more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in doing that actually that made me realize that it, it's it's kind of like we all have really sort of personal things we want to say we're only that sort of depth will do like you don't want the bland sort of musings of and assumptions of a, 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 you know just a I don't know but in my nan's case it was it was very much the sense of I wanted it to have that personal touch that's mm-hmm. what I like to put into the work that I do with my clients so I only really work with people that, that really care about what's going to be produced and, and that it really says something about them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's the thread that holds everything that I write together, really. It has to have that, that sort of magic that can only really come from the client. So mm-hmm. I'm almost their voice through a pen. But that does mean that I can pretty much do anything. So I write blog posts for companies, um, but they tend to be for companies that, that want to get a sense of their personality across rather than just we do this um am i rambling i'm, I'm totally rambling i'm sorry no no <laughs> sorry and i just had an in- internet blip there so 
I may have frozen on you, but I'm, apologies. So, um, <laughs> but th that's an interesting thing about becoming um, a freelance, freelance anything actually, but a freelance writer is, uh, I think many people would love to do that, but they, there's that big jump. There's that fear of like, how do I get the work? So when you, okay, you, so you transitioned, you were doing blogs and more blogs. And as you say, you got some followers, but how did you make that actual jump to like, I am a freelance writer? It was um, a combination of luck and, well, it's mainly luck, actually, I have to say. <laughs> um, when I first started working as a freelance writer, so I'd, I'd handed in my notice at my, my job. And I did that before I'd really worked out what I was going to do. I just knew that I was going to do my That's a brave step. It, it, I know. And my boss at the time actually sort of said to me, he said, you'll be you'll be on the dole within three months. Um, and, I, and actually, I think that that kind of that kind of spurred me on. But um, I I got some leaflets printed. And I know this is really old school, but I spent some very cold afternoons posting them through letterboxes and putting them on car windscreen wipers and being very annoying because I'm sure people got them and threw them straight in the recycling bin which is what I do with the majority of leaflets I get through the door um, but weirdly enough I got my first client doing that and it was such a big job it was a guy who had always wanted to write his autobiography but didn't know where to start um, and he got in touch and said could you help me um, and I mean he lived in the poshest house on the, on the whole route where I was delivering leaflets <laughs> And it was kind of a pie in the sky. I popped the leaflet through his letterbox and I thought, oh, no one's going to get in touch with me from here. This is a, like a beautiful mansion type place. Um, but it was he wanted to write his life story. Um, he invited me around to see him um, and talk about how it might work. And I was completely honest with him. I said, this would be my first job. I've just started working as a freelance writer. But this is how I would approach the work. Um, and... I got the job and um, that job was so big and took up so much of my time um, that it it kind of tied it tidied me over while I looked for other work and started building a social media presence and and sort of doing things like that and I did I also left my business cards in places where you might not expect to see them so I left a pile of them in the local bakery and a local pet shop Fish and chip shop. <laughs> yeah. And it's something everybody has to go. Everyone goes to the bakery. Everyone goes to these little shops. And I left them in a hotel reception. Like it, it's, it's, and people found them. I got calls from people. I got, but one of my second client was a guy that had been into the local bakery to get his loaf of bread and saw my card and said, Oh, I've got a little shop. I'd love, I'd love for you to write some copy for me. That's so it, it kind of, it kind of went from there. And it, I'm not saying it started with a bang, but it was kind of, um, I kind of managed to get myself by in those early months by just doing and not really doing the whole social media thing at the beginning. Like I built a presence that way, but I think it didn't really attract me at the beginning because I feel like social media is quite a, a shouting. It's everybody's shouting. Uh -huh. And I think with the leaflets and the cards, I was kind of, I was whispering, but hopefully to the right people in uh -huh. the right place. Well, it's, it, it, it aligns with what Rory Sutherland says about uh, maximizing your surface area to good luck and opportunity. It's just, yeah, just so. putting yeah. it into strange places. And yeah, as you said, where, where people wouldn't expect, but, but nowadays, are you still 
with the flyers and throwing paper airplanes at <laughs> random places or are you do you have a website now i have a website now and i have a social media presence i don't post that often though to be honest but um once a week is my is my little rule of thumb generally um so people know that i'm still around um, but i blog weekly i'm still blogging myself and and it's the best way for me to attract people to to my business because they get a sense of who i am and what i'm about before um, they've even spoken to me um what it, well i hope people get a really good impression of you from this conversation <laughs> they'll get a weird but, they'll get this strange impression of this weird person who who posts leaflets nobody likes leaflets coming through the door do they i'm just lucky that um, one person <laughs> didn't mind it but but what is your current <laughs> website and your and your blog where people can find you um and my website is nina the writer.com nina the writer.com yeah and my social media pages are all nina the writer um i also have i write more personal pieces on a site called medium which is um I guess it's a free blogging site, but you can earn money from the pieces that you write on there as well. Um, and that's a bit less. So my blog on my website is more business based and I write more personal pieces on Medium. And, and what do you do on Nina, the writer, TikTok version? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't quite got around to that. Video is not my friend. I'm not a fan. Um, I like expressing myself in words. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So talking of words, uh, your book, I'd Rather Get a Cat and Save the Planet. Tell us about that one. Oh, right. Okay. Well, <laughs> so that's a book I wrote about not having children and choosing not to have children. Um, because I thought there was, it was about time there was something a bit more lighthearted on the market about that choice. Because I think, so books aimed at parents are very warm and light-hearted um mm -hmm. and I've found sort of being child-free myself um a lot of the books and articles that I read on that subject are quite I don't know they're they're quite angry and they're quite um, and and indignant because obviously like the assumptions so make, we should we should mention the subtitle so it's I'd rather have a cat and save the planet conversations with child-free women yes so it, it's kind of a collection of chats that I had with women like me that chose not to have children, but I've kind of plucked some of the lighter hearted, more sort of jokey moments from that because, you know, it's not really as militant a stance and a choice as a lot of people think it is. And a lot mm. of um, things that you read about make it out to be, it's just very normal. Mm. Uh, um, and I wanted to write something that highlights the normality and the kind of day to day um, you know, sort of how to deal with the assumptions that that you get when you're child free, like people just assuming that um, you hate kids, for example, or there's going to be no one to look after you when you're old. And aren't you worried about that? And all this, that and the other. And, and some of it can be quite funny. And there's some quite sort of funny anecdotes that people shared with yeah. me. And I wanted to make it feel like a community, but but more sort of lighthearted, a bit like, like I say, the way that parenting books come across. Mm. Um, with a lot of warmth and, and community and I also wanted to write it in a way that would appeal to people that have children because I have actually read a lot of books about parenthood because I'm just interested it's a life I'll never have so I'm interested in finding out about it mm -hmm. um, because it's interesting and I'd like parents to think that having a life like the, the choice not to have children is interesting as well it's just a different life choice um, and it's just I think it lights your brain up a little bit to read about lives that aren't yours. And yeah. um, 
so it's nice to it's nice to have warm-hearted perspectives on most things i think it is and it's it's a very warm book as 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 we said just before we started um because we organized this podcast in about five seconds about eight seconds ago right so <laughs> we uh i haven't had time to finish the book but as i can see on my kindle i've read 27 percent of it and it is very jovial warm and <laughs> and, and lovely actually very oh, nice very nice conversations and it's it's very well put over and and does put yeah a different slant on on the whole topic it's very nice Oh, thank you very much. I hope you'll you'll carry on. I was going to say and read the rest. Of, I was going to say a percentage of the, the what you haven't read, but I'm really not very good with maths. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> seventy. Seventy three. No, it? yeah. yeah. It, no, it's not. No, I don't. Know. I think it's seventy three. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you'll enjoy the other seventy three percent. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Yeah. Um, now about lifelong learning, you are yes. a magnificent student on forty two courses as well. I'm addicted to 42 courses. I'm just counting. I've got my I've got the screen up in front of me telling me how many courses I've done. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So I'm on my 12th course at the moment. And um I'm sure there will be more to come. So what why are you addicted to 42 <laughs> courses? It's just such a fun way to learn. Um and I I mean I got into so I found out about 42 courses after I read um Rory Sutherland's wonderful book, Alchemy. And I was looking through the credits and I saw uh, Richard Shotton's name mentioned a few times. So I Googled him and I saw that he had um, a course on behavioral science for brands and yeah. I signed up and the rest is history. I've, I've enjoyed every course that I've taken um, because they are just little nuggets that light your, each lesson is a little nugget that kind of turns something on in your brain, sort of illuminates it, gives you, um, something to think about and apply to your life I guess really and I, I've loved learning about behavioral science in terms of it's just permeated the things that I write for clients and even my own blog posts where you you just kind of you just think a bit harder about what about what readers are going to respond to and and sort of where you can take them and it just opens up a whole new kind of perspective on things so yeah I've, I've really enjoyed every course that I've taken. Oh, very glad to hear it. And as a writer, what did you think about the copywriting course? Well, I started it with trepidation because I thought, here's where I learned that everything that I've been doing as a self-taught copywriter is completely wrong. Um, luckily, I didn't end up experiencing that. I felt, I mean, there were some fantastic tutors on that course and I felt really privileged. Um, so Derek Walker and Vicky Ross and Steve Harrison, just fantastic people to learn from. Um, and there's and that's the other thing, because I, I mean, I've mentioned about warm hearted perspectives on things. And that's another thing that I think that 42 courses does so well. Everything is just done with so much thought and kindness and care um, that it's just quite addictive. Like you, you feel like and also the people sort of marking your answers, you sort of feel like it's really lovely to get a little message saying someone's marked your answer and there's a, a name there. And then sometimes um, you get a little message saying that you've given a really good answer and it feels like being back in school and you're the teacher's pet and it's really nice I just <laughs> gives you a warm fuzzy feeling um there's just there's something very human about it even though it's online learning there's just something very kind and human and warm about it so you're not just learning you feel like you're part of something I'm rambling again I'm really sorry <laughs> no, no no I'm just I'm just letting you speak because I just uh Chris will 
Chris and everyone, the team, just love to hear that. The warm, fuzzy feeling, that's that's what everyone's aiming for. So glad that it's it, Everything that you do in life should be aimed towards promoting a warm, fuzzy feeling, I think. It's not enough. There's not enough of it. And, and just <laughs> uh, just one more question about it. it. As you've done so many courses, I'm just wondering if it was like the first one, the behavioral science for brands. Actually, I did a blog on The Choice Factory, Richard Shotton. Have you, have you read The Choice Factory? Um, I, it's actually on my bookshelf, but I haven't read it yet. There's, it's the same. There's just so many. I, and the problem is that you send a reading list every week as well. Chris yeah. sends a reading yeah. list. And yeah. I look at it and go, oh, I'll, I'll get that. And I've got this pile of books that I just feel like I'm never going to get through. But, um, but yeah, it's on my shelf. But I wanted to ask, like, because that was the first course you did, the Behavioral Science for Brands. Was that the, mm-hmm. the biggest dopamine hit? And was that the best course for you? Or what, what would you... Is there is there one that particularly sticks out for you, or? I've got I've got a lot of love for that course because there yeah. were some brilliant ideas put forward that I that I'd never really encountered before, mm. and so yeah, there was a bit of probably the biggest dopamine hit from that because it was kind of like, you know, these new ideas that I'd never heard about but were just fantastic. Um, I really liked the thing like Sherlock one though as well because it was very um, sort of practical problem solving ideas that I really appreciated. And there were a couple of lessons on there. I sort of realized how bad I was at problem solving um, because I think that was the course where I got the wrong, I got the most wrong answers first okay. time. Um, so that, that probably helped me. And actually that was really good because it, it helped me sharpen those problem solving skills by making me realize I wasn't that good to start with. It sort of makes you realize that these are skills you need to sharpen. Well, actually just for anyone who, would be considering that course it's just been rebranded to problem solving because you you said problem solving twice there but they're still all the think like Sherlock it's the same videos and everything in there just a different slightly different no really and everybody I mean everybody without exception everybody that presents on the on the courses have got so much gravitas and Mm. um but they kind of combine that gravitas like I say again with a real sort of down-to-earth kind of warmth about then there's I mean the lessons are just presented so well and so in such a sounds weird to say in a human way because of course they would everybody's human but there's something just very likable about Mm. all the lessons and all the course leaders so however you recruit people for that it's working for me anyway well fantastic to hear it and um yeah i'm i'm hoping that when we do the how to blog course that you'll be one of the course leaders (laughs) in the meantime blogging basics tell people where they can find that and where and when and um well, it starts, um, as I say, tomorrow, Wednesday, the 29th at half past six um, for six weeks. That's uh, that's Brit- British British time, right? Because you, you get people oh, from yes. all over the world, I imagine, right? I do. Yeah. Um, and or at least, yeah, people that can sort of make it at that time. It's not too sort of early in the, in the morning. Um, but yes, that's uh, that's British time. If you go to my Facebook page, um, which is Nina, the writer, there is a link that will take you straight to the course sign-up page um, and you can go from there, if whoever, whoever fancies it. And I'm also in the market to write blog posts for anybody that um, doesn't feel like doing it themselves. Um, and anything, actually, that they might want written, I'll take on any project, as we've already established. So um, if yeah. there's something burning in the back of your brain and you want it on paper, <laughs> I can help. Biographies, eulogies and bakery <laughs> adverts, everything. Yeah, anything. And, and in fact, the weirder, the better, as far as I'm concerned. 
if someone gets to this uh, conversation later than tomorrow, Wednesday, the 29th of September, is it still possible to join the course late or will there be a future course that they can join? I'll be running another one next year. Um, if anybody listens to this late and they would like to sort of join this course, I'm perfectly happy to have a chat with them and see how they could do that. It's all about flexibility. Fantastic. Uh, Nina, it's been a warm, fuzzy feeling for me speaking to you. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. Well, every interaction I have with 42 courses makes me feel warm and fuzzy. So this is no exception. So thank you very much.